Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, Duke on the Specs text line. You've asked this a couple of times. Uh, will you please ask listeners where they are buying Dave Campbell's? Every text we've gotten on listeners about DCTF is that they can't find it anywhere. So if by chance you found one, text in and let us know. Otherwise, right now your only option pretty much is to either try to call in on this show to win one or go to the website, uh, go to hornfm.com. But I have yet to see anybody text in and say they have purchased a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, let alone where they got it. So there's where that. Uh, also, Duke texted in and said, please expand on Meathead Football. Meathead Football to me is the end of that Iowa State game in 2019. When it was clear Texas could not run the football, and you pound your head against the wall, just trying to force the issue. Oh, we're going to be physical. We're going to going to run the football. We're a power football, and it's just not working. And it's against your detriment to try to run the football, and you end up losing a game because of it. Yeah, I would further in that point. Staying in the great state of Iowa, it's just whatever Iowa has been doing for the last several years. That's what Meathead Football no, is. No, that's an insult to Meathead Football, is the it's, Iowa It's offense. below Meathead Football. It's below Meathead Football. I think the it's, Texas Rangers average more runs points a game than the Iowa football offense. That's that, uh, Back in the day, there was nothing more disappointing. It, at least now with Fox and the big noon kickoff, at least you're guaranteed to get at least one good game in that early window. But back in the day... You know, you what game day would be in Columbus for Ohio State, Penn State, or you know, Tallahassee for Florida State, and Miami, and they're getting you pumped up and getting you ready for the the day's action. Man, I can't wait! And what's the first game ESPN shows you? And it's not like you had a ton of options at that point, Jack. It's like, oh, Northwestern and Purdue, Iowa, Real sicko and, football, Iowa and Wisconsin. Yay! Can't wait to watch paint dry for the next three hours. So. That Duke is what I mean by meathead football when it's just, you just want to, oh, we're going to be physical and bludgeon the other team and blah, 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 and you just do it to your detriment. Um, Got to talk a little Texas baseball. I, I do, I, I want to get some more time. I mentioned the Bill Connolly thing uh, with his SP Plus, and he is, his SP Plus projections are out, but they came out at a point where I didn't really have time to look at them. So we'll also talk about that next week. On the show. Actually, one more thing real quick. Um, on TexasFootball.com, thank you, Texter. On TexasFootball.com, DCTF magazines will be available in stores starting on July 4th. So I guess if you – I don't know what hours Walmart or HEB or whoever has on July 4th, but apparently you can start finding them on the shelves July 4th. The only other place that I know you can get them is if you are a Dave Campbell's Texas Football online subscriber – uh, then you you should already have yours, and I think a lot of seen a lot of coaches and a lot of other people that already have theirs. So, at any rate, um, we'll get in next week. So next week, uh, I mentioned next Wednesday, I'll have my Greater Austin Area High School Football just kind of player rundown or 
know, 10 or 5. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll, I'll figure it out by then. And then we'll really dig into the nitty-gritty with this S&P, these SP Plus projections uh, that Bill Connolly put together at ESPN for the Big 12 in 2023, including Texas, who he's got Texas at Bill Connolly. And this isn't like Bill Connolly just picking names out of a hat or grasping a straw. This is his research. The SP Plus projects Texas to win the Big 12. Um, so we'll get into that next week. But I do want to hit on some Texas baseball real quick. All American honors have gone out for several Longhorns. Uh, and uh, actually, I just had that. Sorry. Technology's wonderful, isn't it? I don't know why it knocked me off there. There we go. Jack, what's our deal with, with, with technology right now in the studio? We're having a hard time today. We're, we're on the struggle bus, but we're, we're making it. IT uh, not on our side. Lucas Gordon, LeBaron Johnson Jr., and Dylan Campbell have all earned various All-American all honors. Uh, Lucas Gordon, Collegiate Baseball, a newspaper first-team All-American, second-team All-American by D1Baseball.com, the American Baseball Coaches Association, Baseball America, the National College Baseball Writers Association, and a perfect game third-team All-American, LBJ, Collegiate Baseball second-team, ABCA third-team, and Dylan Campbell, third-team All-American honors from Baseball America and the NCBWA. So congratulations to those three Longhorns. And not expecting Lucas Gordon to be back at this point. We'll see how the draft plays out, but... Whoever's pitching for Texas next year, Woody Williams will not be their pitching coach. It'll be somebody else. That move was made yesterday. We're probably about 24 hours removed from that news coming down. And this is the second offseason in a row where David Pierce is going to look for a pitching coach. Last year it was the program parted ways with Sean Allen. This year it's the program and Woody Williams parting ways. And I don't think it's... This is just my, and I don't have any any inside information on this. I, you know, I even though my tag on this show is an insider at Horns twenty four seven, I just I still find that cringy a little bit. But at any rate, I don't have any inside information on this. This is just me kind of reading the tea leaves and gathering the information that I have throughout the season and having a little bit of insight into how David Pierce thinks and how he views pitchers. I feel like. Making a change in pitching coaches is less about coaching pitching mechanics and much more about David Pierce trying to find someone, basically like almost if he could clone himself and make the other version of himself the pitching coach, somebody that not only views developing pitchers the same way he does, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, this is my opinion on what I think David Pierce is looking for. I think he's looking for someone that views pitching the same way he does and can try to break through to guys in the same manner that he would try to break through and communicate with guys. Maybe I'm not saying have a little bit more of the red ass or anything like that. I'm just saying like maybe have a little more of an edge when you're dealing with pitchers. I think that might be something David Pierce is looking for. I think it's a mindset thing. His Their philosophy on recruiting pitchers, I've said this once, I've said it a hundred times on this show, I've written it at Horns 24-7, talked about it in various forms here on the station. The first meeting I had with David Pierce when he took the job, we talked about recruiting as myself, Ron Atulo, still with the statesman, although Ryan's covering politics now. Dustin McComas was in that meeting. Myself and somebody else, I forget, but I digress. We're talking about recruiting. And David Pierce has stuck to the recruiting philosophy that he laid out that day. When it came to pitching, 
he wanted to recruit hard throwers, guys that had power arms, and for lack of a better term, they would kind of teach them the mechanics of being really good pitchers. And that sounds great in theory. And when you get a guy, Jack, like an LBJ, like a LeBaron Johnson Jr., when it works, now you got to do the throws 95, 96, and he has command of you know three pitches. Now he looks like he's a guy that could be a number one guy for you. But more often than not, LBJ is the exception, not the rule of what's happened with some of these hard throwers Texas has recruited. And they've ended up with some guys that, yeah, they can throw it 95, 96, but whether it's confidence on the mound, mental approach, repeatable mechanics, whatever it is, there's been a disconnect. So my thing has been whatever the disconnect is for David Pierce with with developing pitchers, that's the biggest thing that had to get fixed. Because I know we've talked about the lack of NIL funding for the baseball program, but their takes out of the portal, the offensive takes they've had out of the portal have been really good. Mike Antico, Skyler Messenger, Porter Brown this year, uh, Garrett Gilmet this year. Hell, even Tanner Carlson, before he got hurt, was playing really well. Ivan Melendez. Well, Ivan was a Juco guy. It's yeah. a little bit different. But they, they've been really good at finding offensive players. And you can debate how consistent the offense has been, but in terms of home runs, the two most prolific home run hitting offenses in school history have both been coached by David Pierce. So I don't worry about this team and this coaching staff, whoever's on the staff with David Pierce, being able to find bats being able to find athletes who can play, being able to find production. It's about developing pitchers, and wherever that disconnect is, it needed to get fixed. If that's David Pierce hiring, and, and uh, I, I knew this text would come, was coming. This text said Pierce should be his own pitching coach. Very next text says, Pierce has always called the shots on pitching. That is the major problem. I do wonder, though, if David Pierce had somebody that he really trusted to – Work with the pitching staff, where, and I think it's 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 almost like an offensive coordinator in football who gives up play calling. They're always going to be hands on. They're always going to be involved to an extent, but and, and baseball is a little bit different because it's just that day to day grind and then the development time and the practice time and everything else. Baseball is a completely different game. But I do wonder if David Pierce would feel better about the pitching coach if it was somebody that he really felt like he could just almost completely turn things over to. And he'll be on the periphery just kind of helping out whenever he's needed. I don't know that he's had that. I don't know that he had that with Sean Allen or he felt that comfort level with Sean Allen. Uh, and clearly there wasn't that level of comfort there with Woody Williams based on the fact that he was only here for a year. So I think this is a – it goes without saying this is a critical hire, but I think David Pierce really needs to get this one right because whatever the issue has been developing pitchers, they got to get it figured out because you're about to go into a league where, Jack Farrell, if you don't have power arms in the SEC – to use the term I used earlier, life will be a miserable experience for you going through your respective season, especially in baseball, if you don't have power arms to go up against Arkansas and LSU and Tennessee and Alabama and Florida and everybody else, Vanderbilt, all the really good teams you'll see in the SEC. It's a deep conference. That I'm honestly, as a as a fan, uh, that's the the move I am most worried about. I dude, think basketball takes care of business. Oh, no, not worry, man. There. I'm excited, dude. I'm so pumped. I'm excited about. Oh yeah, baseball. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, if there's one thing where it's gonna, like you're you're right. I mean, you're, we, what you're saying, I'm totally in, in agreement with. Is you need those guys, and if you're having this much turnover in your pitching coach position year to year, 
It's I don't I don't know. I just don't I don't like that. It's got to hinder the development of the guys in yeah, the program too, right? Exactly. I mean, like I took guitar lessons when I was a kid, and my teacher like kept quitting. I got a new teacher like yeah. every year, so I learned the basics like over and over and over, and then I never never got any better with those teachers, you know? Yeah. Because they were just kept trying to teach me their way, their way. How did they do it? So I think continuity is a big thing. Like if if Zane Morehouse or LBJ came back next year, right? So I'm just not saying they are or whatever. It's hypothetical me throwing it out. If they came back next year, that would be their third different pitching coach in as many years. How does that benefit the player at all? It's almost a hindrance at that point. So I don't know. It's really critical hire for David Pierce, and he's got to get it right for this pitching staff to get on track. I know they were tenth in the country in team ERA, but we saw, man, you went. You by the time you got to the Big Twelve tournament, you didn't have a bullpen hand that you could require, that you could count on. Excuse me, let me say require that you could count on to go out there and get one critical out in a ball game. You weren't sure you would turn to, let alone a guy that could get you three at the end of a game. So something to think about before the weekend, which is where we will head next as we come back and close out this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.